Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. Well, good to see you guys this morning. I hope that you've had a blessed week, and I know we missed out on Wednesday night service because we had storms coming our way, so, uh, but, uh, so hopefully your week was fine and you stayed away from the tornadoes and stuff, but we are thankful to the Lord uh, for the rain that we received, because that was a blessing, and are you glad for rain? Yeah, all right, good, good, I'm glad too. The only thing is, is that meant I had to get out the lawnmower this week and start mowing the lawn. Anybody else want to do that for you? <laughs> Just tease it. <laughs> All right, this morning we're going to look together over in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, and we are going to talk about decisions. We all make decisions in life. It's just some, something that we have to do, and everybody seems to want a peaceful and a fulfilling life, and to receive those uh, most people have to adjust and make appropriate decisions to walk down this road and bring glory to God and to live in a way that is pleasing to Him. So sometimes people feel like that uh, they're trying to succeed in life, but life keeps throwing barriers up against them. And so nothing ever, life keeps setting those barriers up. And so the way to get peace and fulfillment is to make the right decisions about how we're going to live out our life in this world that we have. And so you can't control what happens to you, but you can decide the principles that you will live by. You can't always control those things that come your way. That's just the way it is in this world. Your life tends to be the sum total of your decisions. Some decisions are significant, and some are trivial. Some are easy, and some are difficult. But every day of our life is filled with times that we have to decide which way are we going to go. So how can you make good decisions? Well, really, that is the question of the day. And that's a question that we, we don't really have a simple answer for, uh, but decisions, they do, do they ever come hard for you? You ever have a hard time with decisions? There was a guy who was filling out a job application and there was a question uh, on the application and it said something like this, do you have trouble making decisions? So the man replies back and he writes, well, yes and no. Some of you got that. <laughs> so this morning we're going to uh, look at the life of Moses we're going to look at it through the lens of the writer of Hebrews as he looks back on the life of Moses and what God was doing there in his life. And we're going to look at some of these fundamental decisions that will determine the quality of our lives as followers of Jesus. Let's look at chapter 11, verse 24 together. It should be on the screen for you. It says, by faith, Moses... When he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God, rather to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt, because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible, 
By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. As we look at this passage, we see a few things and how God used Moses and how he chose to be able to serve the Father and to take the people of, of Israel out of the land of Egypt. And like Moses, we need to choose God's plan over our own. We need to be able to choose God's plan over our own. And we see here in Hebrews that Moses has made decisions by faith. And his decisions were connected to his view of God. And sure, there are times that he failed. We know that as you read through the Old Testament, as you read the scripture, you can see that. But he kept going to serve God by faith. And that's the way it works for us. Sometimes we fail. Sometimes we mess up. But we have to keep moving forward, trusting God that he is faithful and he will take us to the place that he wants us to be. There's a few reminders here for us this morning that your plan may please you more than God's plan. And some of you sitting here this morning may say, yeah, that's the case. That's been the case for me. We all like to do things that we enjoy and that's the reason we choose to do them, whether they're good or whether they're not good. Uh, if people enjoy something, they tend to follow them, especially if they don't use the fruit of the Spirit, self-control. And so people like to plan vacations that they'll enjoy. We like to do that. This is a vacation time of the year once the kids get out of school and such. And maybe you like hiking. So if you like hiking, maybe you're going to go up into the... Uh, up into the mountains or maybe into a, a nice area like Perry Lake or something like that. But say you go into the mountains, you go to Colorado and you like to go into the remote place. So you go into these remote places, and you're on the edges of the cliffs, uh, you're near the mountain lions and everything. And so you have to kind of be careful while you're there as you've made your choice to go there. You have to watch out for those cliffs. You have to be careful for them. You have to make sure that you don't turn your back on the cougars that are sitting ready to pounce behind you, right? You have to make sure that you pay attention. And may, maybe that's not the most beneficial thing for you. Maybe you need to make a choice to go on a hiking trail that is flat. Or maybe you need to go on the hiking trail that doesn't have mountain lions on it. Our plans may please us. But they can also destroy us if we allow them to. You need to keep God's perspective as you work out your decisions in the life that you are living at this time. Your plan may even seem to make sense. Most of us make plans simply because we think that they're right and they will better our life. It, uh, it, for example, it may make sense for us to help a friend or a family member get a house because you want to help them and they have a good job and everything, but their problem is, is they need somebody else to sign as a co-signer on the note and uh, so that they can actually get the loan to buy the house. Then the, end, then the problem ends up being if they lose their job, then the responsibility to pay the, his or her mortgage ends up to be laid out for you. And so you don't lose your credits, you have to pay their mortgage. So the Bible even talks, speaks about imprudence of putting up security for another person. I like the way it says it here in Proverbs. It says it in Proverbs 6, verse 1 to 5. And you'll see it on the screen. It says, my son, if you have put up security for your neighbor, if you have struck hands and pledged for another, if you have been trapped by what you said, 
ensnared by the words of your mouth, then do this, my son, to free yourself, since you have fallen into your neighbor's hands, go and humble yourself. Press your plea with your neighbor. Allow no sleep to your eyes. I kind of like how he writes this. Allow no sleep to your eyes, no slumber to your eyelids. Free yourself like a gazelle from the hand of a hunter, of the hunter, like a bird from the snare of the fowler. Sometimes the plans that we make in this life seem really good at times. But like Proverbs, it shows us here that our plans aren't always the best and we need to be able to free ourselves from the plan that is destructive in our lives. And that's why when we make foolish plans, we need to do what Proverbs says and humble ourselves. We need to be able to humble ourselves before the Lord. And like Moses, we need to choose God's plan over ours. It's easy to choose our own plan. Trying to improve God's plan by submitting your own, uh, uh, substituting your own really ends up being useless. Sometimes we say, well, God, I know you want me to do this, but it seems like it'd be nice just to do that instead. And so we may try to substitute it. It ends up being a waste of time when we try to alter God's plan for our lives. People try to make new and improved plans when God's plan needs to be left as it was have you, have you ever taken a test and the first answer you put down, you, you write the answer down and then all of a sudden you second guess yourself and then you mark through it and say, no, no, that's not it. And so then you go ahead and answer with another cho uh, choice answer and you say, oh, that's it. And then after you go through and the papers are checked and you get the red mark and you look at that and say, ah, why did I second guess myself? Why, why did I put that second answer instead of the first? Because I knew the first one was right. Well, when God gives us a plan, you need to follow through instead of providing your special altered plan. I think we all do that at times, and however hard it may seem for us, your plan needs to yield to us. Each and every one of us have times that we need to uh, step back and say, God, here I am, like I am, I need you to work in this situation. Well, there was a government official who came out to rural northeast Kansas up here one time after some floods, I think it was around 2010 or so when we had those last big floods, and uh, FEMA had, uh, had to come out to help, and they had uh, called this one area a disaster area, and so the FEMA person was supposed to come out and was given very specific directions where they were supposed to go. It's a rural area, and you know not all the roads are gravel or paved or like that, and some of them are just dirt. And uh, so because of that, when it rains, they become muddy, and the only thing that passes through there is a four-wheel drive or maybe a horse or something. And uh, so this lady is coming out, she's got her high-heeled shoes on, and she had listened to the people that said, you need to make sure that you go down this road and this road, not any others. And she thought, well, hey, I'm going to take a shortcut. So she followed her GPS. That's wonderful, but GPS doesn't tell you, this is a mud road. And so she decided to go down that road, and she made it down that road, at least partway down that road, and she gets out with her high heels in the mud as she's calling and saying, hey, I think I made a wrong turn, and I am stuck. So they had to go and fish her out of the mud. 
most of the time, we've tried spiritual shortcuts. It may not be those cuts like that in the road, but it seems that we think that God's plan either takes too long or it's too difficult. Have you ever done that? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because I think most people could say, I've, I've done that before. And where we, we've tried to make a shortcut, we thought it would be better, but God says that's not the way it works. I'm afraid that we are so used to, we're living a microwave society. If we want food, we can go to the freezer, we can pull out something, we can throw it in the microwave, we can poke those little holes in the top of it, you know, we can shove the microwave door shut and put on there two minutes, five minutes, whatever it is, and then poof, our food is ready, we're ready to go and we can eat. God doesn't always work on our time though, does he? Sometimes he says, wait a second, uh, you need to hold on and allow me to work in the situation. So many times we want things done quick, we want it done fast, but is it done complete? And is it done his way? That's the question. So like Moses, we also need to be able to choose authenticity over prestige. If you look at Moses' life, we all know where he was at. He, he's an he's a, a Israelite but he's under he's uh he's in uh he's in Egypt he's there in the pharaoh's house he's got everything going it, it appears that he was uh, now he's choosing to give up everything he's got he's choosing to give up the prestige the finances uh and being part of the royal family there of the, of the pharaohs he, Moses connections and money would have been worth a lot to anybody at that time and even our time as well so the political connections he would have had at that point would have really provided for him anything that he wanted in that known world. But with prestige usually come funds and friends, but with money comes the ability to get things that you want, except the peace of God. And Moses gave up his opportunity to get things the way most people in his position would have. He chose to serve God, and Moses wanted to live an authentic life because he was an Israelite serving in Egypt. And so he, he did not want to live out a life that had a veneer face on it. You guys know anything about uh, furniture work and woodwork? Woodwork is a really a fun pastime, but uh, woodwork, and some, there's guys that do wonderful jobs at, with woodworking and but uh, usually on woodwork, you'll take like a piano or something, you'll find inside of the legs or something, you'll find a cheaper wood, a cheaper wood, maybe it's pine or something like that, and then what they'll do is they'll take a very thin layer of mahogany or oak or some other beautiful hardwood, and they'll take it and they'll glue it to the outside of that cheaper, maybe pine or some other, maybe trash wood that we may call it, and uh, so they put that veneer on the outside. So it looks beautiful. And uh, sometimes if they do a good enough job at it, you don't even notice that that's what it is. And uh, so, uh, but if you cut that across the table leg and you look, or on a piano leg or something like that, you'll find inside that cheaper wood inside. Moses didn't want to be that way, did he? He's like, I, I don't want to be a veneer person. I don't want to look nice on the outside and be totally different on the inside. He chose to serve God in, a, in the way that God wanted him to. He didn't give up living authentically. 
He gave up just living with a veneer, and Moses was an Israelite with the call of God on his life, and he'd been, even though he was considered an Egyptian, he gave it up. Now we see in the New Testament, the Pharisees there, they chose to live with a veneer, and they looked holy, they looked spiritual, and yet it was only in the look, it was that veneer surface that they had in their life, and we need to be people who are authentic followers of Jesus Christ. We can be the real thing to the core. Now here's the thing, it doesn't mean that we're perfect. It doesn't mean that we don't have struggles or different things in our life that we have to ask God's help for. But it still means that we are being honest and authentic with ourselves and with others around us. So the things that appear to count are of little concern to God. It's not the appearance that matters on the outside, but it's the heart. And so to the people of Egypt, what mattered was the Pharaoh and his family, and the, and the beautiful things are not always so great. The royal prestige uh, seemed so wonderful to everybody, but yet those things didn't even matter to God. The prestige of Egypt was a, was a reminder of the bondage of God's people there. So those things that looked wonderful on the outside were actually less than beautiful on the inside. Those things weren't worth very much to God. Ultimately, we all, we all have to settle this question of who we are. Who are you? Who are you? The answer is that you're God. And if you allow Him, He can transform your life. You need to be able to say by the Spirit of God that you're a child of God through the sacrifice of Christ, through what He has done on the cross for you. If you've been born of the Spirit of God, then you've been adopted into the family of God. And I give thanks to God all the time that I've been adopted into the family of God. And I wasn't born into the family of God. Oh, I, I was born dedicated in the local church, and I, I, was, I grew up in the church, but I still didn't come to faith till later. I was not born as a Christian. Now, some may have said I was a Christian on maybe on this certificate or that, but a true Christ follower, follower is one who is one who believes in faith and trusts Him. Just having the name, I, there's a statistics I was reading here a while back uh, about the United States, and they were talking about how many people say, oh yes, I am a Christian on like census and those kind of things. And then they said, do you go to church? Well, no. And do you this? No. And all that. Well, the, the proof is in the pudding. It's not about being, it's not about the name, but it's about the heart. It's about faith and trust in our Savior. So let's look back at Moses again here. Like Moses, we need to choose God's way over pleasure. We need to choose his way. God's way is better than our way. God's way is better than any other way that's out there. We know from Scripture that sin is fun. That may seem like a little outrageous, uh, to you, but it's true. Sin can be fun. It can be fun for a while, but otherwise people, if it wasn't, people wouldn't go their own way and choose to do their own thing, would they? That's right. <laughs> it's fun for a season, but the price we pay later is no fun at all. And some of you probably can sit here and say, yeah, I know. I've walked down that road. I've faced that. 
And for some of you, you haven't to, that le- to a serious level, and thank God for that, you've been saved from a lot. We've all seen people who've enjoyed some sin for a while, and they really lived it up like it was so fun, but then all it did was lead to destruction. So you may run down that path yourself, but it may give you a temporary buzz or a short-term high, but in the end, it just demands more of you until you become a slave. Sin is usually the easy choice, but the path of least resistance is often a rough road. It's not always easy, and many times uh, people have been ruined by the inability to say no. We have to be able to learn to say that word no. And why do people refuse to say no? Well, I guess it's because that people don't want others to laugh at them or think less of them. And I find it interesting, having served as, pa- as a pastor at different times in my life over a long period, I've seen all people of all kinds in the church. It doesn't matter if they're 10, if they're 15, if they're 85, or if they're 45, people deal with social and peer pressure. And at every age bracket, I've seen them give up to that peer pressure, so- social pressure. So don't be deceived. Don't think it's just for the teenagers. It's for every age bracket. And that's why we have to learn, especially at a young age, if all possible, learn to be able to say no when it's time to say no, and yes, only when it's time to say yes. I'm afraid that we live in a society that loves to say yes at all times, right? There's a guy who is nicknamed Cannonball, and I think you could probably get the idea of what he did. He was one of those guys that would uh, be shot out of a cannon. And uh, he had been shot out of a cannon about 1,200 times in his life. I was doing a little research on this, and I th- thought it was kind of interesting. The first person that we know of that was shot out of a cannon was in 1877 and was a, was a young lady. It was a teenager. And she had been shot out many times until she had to stop when it broke her back. I learned another thing, too, about it, that they really don't shoot you out of, can- out of a cannon with, a black- with powder, like, you know, the real thing. They actually use springs and a mechanism to kind of shoot you out, and then they light the powder to make it look like the smoke is coming out and all that stuff. If you want to know more about that, you can see me afterwards. <laughs> no, I don't know any more than that. But, but anyhow, this, this guy Cannonball. Uh, he, he's an interesting fella, and, uh, and so when people ask him why he did this, why have you been shot out of a cannon so many times, these were his words. Do you know what it's like to feel the applause of 60,000 people? He said, that's why I did it. That's why I did it. Wow, I think he's mistaken. If you think about the other side of that, uh, more than 30 human cannonballs have died during the performance of the stunt. But he was willing to take a chance anyway. Social pressure, though, is not the only thing that causes people to go the wrong direction. It's not the only thing. And some want to cover up the, the lonely feeling they have, or maybe the discouragement that they face in life. Others feel bad about themselves, and doing something unusual may make them feel like they are better. The problem is, is that it compounds a problem, and everything that we're trying to help is actually being temporarily covered up. And what we need to do is to be able to take those things to God in prayer. 
be able to take those to the altar of the Lord and leave them in His hands. We need to be able to open our hearts to see what the Scripture says about us. Here's some great truths that exist for the follower of Jesus. God's Word says that you're the righteousness of God in Christ. That's a great truth, friends. It's a wonderful truth. And you are fearfully and wonderfully made. The Scripture also tells us that if that that, uh, same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us, then He will quicken our mortal bodies on that day. We have some wonderful things to look forward to. We have some wonderful opportunities to look forward to, if not just in this life, in the life to come as we serve Him and as we are faithful to Him. But some people fall back into their destructive lifestyle simply because they forget who they are in Jesus. What can help you choose God's way is when you realize that He has made you in His image. Then you can live a life that pleases Him. God's chosen you. He's chosen you. He's got a plan for each and every one of you. He desires to work in your life and He desires to work through your life. What can help you choose God's way is when you realize who He has made you to be. And usually what happens is Satan wants us to feel bad about ourselves. When when people do, they, they fall into all kinds of traps in this life. And Now we all know that we've all failed God at one time or the other. There's no question about that. And that's why Jesus came for us But if we've received forgiveness, we don't have to continue on the same path of failure that we once went on. I think it's so easy for us after we've served Jesus for a while and we kind of forget what that's like. But there's many people who struggle with that day in and day out and we need to encourage them while it's still day so that they will not give up. And if you are one of those people here in this this body this morning, be encouraged and know that the Lord has your back and that He cares for you and He wants you to move forward and He has a plan for you. His plans for you are for good and not for evil. He has a hope and a promise for you. He has things for you. Just follow His plan. Allow Him to work His plan in your life. Don't make up some other plan because that plan is not what He has for you. He's got something else for you. Like Moses, we can choose heavenly rewards over earthly riches. Look at verse 26 here. Verse 26 of chapter 11, it says, He, Moses, regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. See, he was looking for something else. He was looking for his heavenly reward, and that's what he was concerned about. He wasn't too worried about being part of the uh, family of the pharaohs. Pharaoh's house, he would have had all the riches every man could have wanted. You can only imagine how much Moses would have had if he would have accepted his sonship as the pharaoh's daughter. If you look at the opulence of the pyramids, it, it should give us an idea of how rich Moses would have been. Those pyramids are one of the wonders of the world. They're still investigated. They're still looking at all the possibilities and the things that come along with them they they were great built with great feats of engineering and manpower and there's no question it took a lot of money and it took a lot of prestige in that day to be able to pull off what they did 
pharaohs needed great political power to do such achievements as they did. Moses could have had that wealth. Moses could have been buried there, possibly in one of those uh, one of those magnificent tombs that they had of the day. He could have taken the helm of the great nation with great wealth. Or maybe he did take a great nation when he did things God, God's way. Yet his political and financial possibilities were given up when he chose God's reward. See, God's plan for Moses was different than maybe what Moses envisioned in the beginning. But he chose to serve God by faith. And for us as followers of Jesus, we need to be able to serve God by faith. And the plans that he has for us, we need to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to follow that plan. I'm going to allow you to work in my life and allow you to do it in a way that you want to do it. And when we allow God to work in our lives in those ways, he can bring us to a place that we've never dreamed. Why? Because he has a plan. As long as we don't subvert his plan and try to put our own plan in action. So we see that instead, Moses is buried in an unmarked grave on a lonely hill in the desert. Yeah, he made some mistakes, didn't he? We know that. We know that he's there on the top of the mountain and still he, he made the choice to be able to serve God and he was able to take the people of Israel out of slavery, out of Egypt, and at least he got to see the promised land. He, he made some mistakes. Things may not have happened as he expected, but through Moses, God led this wonderful nation out of slavery to give them a chance as their own nation in history. And the pages are written in our history books today, and they're still there. God used Moses to take those group of slaves who had great promise from God and to make them into a nation of people that would be a witness to the world of God's goodness. Moses' earthly rewards didn't seem all that big all the time. Could you imagine what it was like for him when he was dealing with the Pharaoh and he's like, let my people go. Let him out of here, man. You got to let him go. And uh, then he's like, oh yeah, sure, whatever. And, uh, and so all these false start that Moses, starts that Moses is dealing with as he's dealing with the Pharaoh, and he knows this guy, right? He knows who he's dealing with. You think he ever got discouraged? You've read the scripture, I'm sure, and you've seen those, uh, those words in the Old Testament of what he dealt with. But he made the choice to lead God's people out of bondage because there was a great reward. Are you looking for the great reward that's set before you today? Eternal life? Are you making your decisions according to what can be in the future as you serve the Lord? Are you choosing to make those decisions according to God's plan? Or are you making the decisions that you have made according to your own plan? Or maybe what your neighbor says. Or maybe what your friend says. But the important thing for each and every one of us this morning is that the decisions that we make, that they're according to his plan. One man loved his money and wanted to be buried with it when he died. And when, when it happened, another person saw the money and, uh, and, his, and his grave and said, wow, that's living. No, he wasn't living. 
He was dead, his money's going to decay with him. But for you and I, let's live for something that will last. Would you stand with me this morning? God has a plan for you. God has a purpose for your life. And he wants you to follow his way, not your own. Why? Because he has the best in store for you. Be willing to allow the Holy Spirit to work in you today. And be willing when the days come ahead, there'll be decisions you have to make. Maybe there's decisions you've just recently had to make. Allow the Lord to help you in those as you serve Him faithfully. He's got a plan for you. He's got purpose for you. And He wants to work in your life. Let me pray with you this morning. And our our prayer teams are going to come. If you need prayer, if you need prayer for your health or prayer for a decision you're making or, or and you just want God to intervene, we would love to pray with you this morning. We'll be glad to do that. And then we're going to sing this song before we dismiss. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the great opportunity that each and every one of us have to be able to come into your presence. We know that we need you more than anything in our lives. And Father God, we are going to set our focus on the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That Father, we realize that you sent your Son to give us life on this earth and in the world to come. And I pray, Father, that you would help us as we make our decisions and ultimately as we make that decision to serve you. That we will not turn back. That we won't turn to the right or to the left, but we'll keep going forward serving you faithfully. Father, we thank you this morning. And we ask you to let your grace shine in our lives.